Our scripture passage today comes from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 22, verses 34 to 40. Before we read this, let us pause for a moment in prayer. Our good and heavenly Father, we thank you for every gift that you have given us, and we thank you in this moment now for giving us your holy word, for giving us this word of scripture to direct us, to guide us, Lord, to lead our life. But Father, we know we can understand none of these things here unless the same spirit that inspired these words would inspire our hearts now. So, Father, I pray that you breathe your Holy Spirit now upon our hearts, upon our minds, that we may hear, that we may read, and that we may understand. And, Lord, bless this holy reading of your holy word, and may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This is the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 22, verses 34 to 40. Listen now to the word of the Lord. But when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Whenever I think about living a life by faith, there are a few names that always come to mind. There are a few names from uh, people I've read about and studied that seem to me to exemplify what it means to live a life by faith. And when I think of these names, there's one name that always seems to come out towards the top, if not the very top, that I'm reminded of over and over again when I think about living a life by faith. And that man is uh, Eric Little. Y'all may have heard of Eric Little. He was a famous runner. There was a, a movie made about a good portion of his life called Chariots of Fire. It's a very good movie. If you haven't seen it, I strongly encourage you to go see it. Fantastic film. Won an Academy Award. And um, it's a great uh, portrayal of faith. You see, Eric Little was a very gifted runner. And he was also a devout Christian and believer in God. And uh, he was such a good runner that he was scheduled to run the 100-meter race, his, his best event, the 100-meter race for England in the 1924 Olympics in Paris. But during, that, uh, during those Olympics, his faith in God and his desire to win a gold medal came into a conflict. On his way over to Paris to practice for the Olympics, he found out that the qualifying race for his 100 meters was going to be held on Sunday. And Eric Little believed, you don't run on Sunday. Sunday is a day for the Lord, and you don't run your race or, your, or exercise your, your profession or do any of those things on Sunday. It's just for the Lord. So Eric Little made a very difficult decision that he was not going to run. He was going to give up his chance to win a gold medal to represent his country. 
because he wanted to honor God first. And he was under extraordinary pressure to run. His, his friends, his teammates, his coach, the press, the English public, they all wanted him to run. And there's one meeting uh, in the movie where Eric is meeting with some very powerful people in this country, among them the Prince of Wales. And they reminded Eric, this is going to be your king one day, and he's telling you to run this race. And Eric kept refusing, kept refusing, until one guy came up to him and said, you know what, in my day, it was country first, then God second. And Eric respectfully disagreed. He said for him, it was going to be God first. And it ended up working out for Eric because he eventually ran the 400 meter instead of the 100 meter. And just before he ran the race, that American sprinter Jackson Schultz put a piece of paper in his hand. And on that piece of paper was a quote from the Bible. It said, he who honors me, I will honor. He who honors me, I will honor. And Eric, a little with that piece of paper crumpled up in his hand, went and ran and won the gold medal for England. That, to me, is an example of living a life by faith. And if you read his story, there are so many other examples through his life that show that he did live a life by faith. And I bring Eric Little up because that is our topic for Lent. For our Lenten sermon series, we're talking about living by faith and what it means to live by faith. And when we say living by faith, we're contrasting it not with not having any faith at all, but living with faith instead of by faith. And living with faith is you believe everything a Christian should believe and supposed to believe, but that faith makes no impact on your daily life. Whereas to live by faith means what you believe, what you believe about God and about Jesus, that is the guiding force of your life. That this, this faith we talk about, the person and the work of Jesus Christ, about who God is, what he means to us, this is the guiding force in your life. To live by faith means we have faith in his work. We have faith in what he has done, and this becomes our hope. This becomes our reason. This becomes our instruction. This becomes the one guiding light that we hold dear in our life. We're talking about how to take that faith in and put it into the action of our life. And that's what we mean by living by faith. And there are a few concepts that we're going to explore that are necessary in order for us to live by faith. And the first of these concepts, perhaps the most important of these concepts, is to put God first. Put God first in your life. Now, it should come as no surprise that Jesus said this better than I can. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul. What he means by that is put God first. Because what we love is what we value. What we love is important to us. What we love is dearer to us than our treasures and gold or silver, unless, of course, that's what you love. But the interesting thing about loving something, not only do we value what we love, 
Once you love something, that gives everything else its value in life. And you value things because of what you love. Take, for example, you love your children. Everything connected to your children you also love. You love pictures of your children. You love the old shoes that your children had when they were little babies. You love your children's friends. Why? Because they're connected to your children. You love your children. Everything connected to it, everything supports it, you also love. That's how what we love ends up determining what's valuable for us in life. It also determines what's cheap for us in life. Are there, there are things in life that have no connection to the things you love, then, well, you care less about them. There's things in life that threaten the things that you love, that threaten your children. That not only are they cheap to us, they're deadly to us. Those are the things that we hate. So what we love determines what has value in our life. And what we love most of all, what we love above all things is what brings order to the rest of our life. That is why if we are going to live by faith, we must put God first. God must be the one that orders and directs our life. When we put God first, we value God above everything else in the world. God is your chief value, or as Jesus said, God is your first and primary love. That's why it's the greatest command. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul. God must come first in your life. When we put God first in our life, it orders the rest of our life. When God is first, it's that love for God, and God then determines for us what is valuable and what is cheap. What should be held dear and what should not be held at all. See, the things that are attached to God now become valuable to us. The things that are important to God become valuable to us. The things that point to God are valuable to us. The things that glorify God, these are the things that become valuable to us. And so our whole system of values changes. When you love God above all others, when God is your first love, He determines what's valuable for you. So everything else changes in this world. And what the world sees as valuable is no longer what we see as valuable. Things like money and fame and property and power. These things lose value. Why? Because they don't glorify God. So they're no longer valuable to us. But things like mercy and justice and kindness and charity, these are important to God, so now they become valuable to us. Things like honor and courage, integrity, chastity, these are valuable to God, so they then become valuable to us. Life becomes sacred. Because God is the giver of life. So all human life is sacred now. Not because we all share the common life. It's because all of our life has been given by God. as a gift from God that makes it sacred. And that's why we treat all life as being sacred. Marriage is sacred. Because marriage is a gift from God. 
It becomes sacred, and we treat it, or should treat it, in a sacred way. Your neighbor's property becomes sacred. Why? Because God commanded you, thou shalt not steal. Because it is a command to God, it becomes valuable and sacred in your heart. Your neighbor's property, then, is sacred. Our bodies are sacred. Our bodies are a gift from God, and we should care for them and take care for them because it says in Scripture that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. The church becomes valuable if you love God first. The church becomes valuable because this is the body of Christ. This is His mission. This is His kingdom. This is the sustaining work of His people. So your whole system of values will change if you put God first. God becomes our chief value, and all other values then are determined by our love for God. What the world values becomes cheap to us. What God values, what comes from God, what glorifies God, these are our real treasures in life. To put God first is to work to bring honor to God. To good, put God first means we want to bring Him honor with our life. Now, to honor something is to show it respect, is to treat it like it, well, like it has value, is to treat it as something sacred and special. When we put God first, God then, as we strive to honor Him in our life, God becomes the priority in our life. God must be the priority in our life. For all things, not just for some things, every day, not just for the hour that we spend here in church on Sunday. Now, I got to say, we have really gone wrong in putting God first and making God a priority, not, not in your life necessarily or this church, but in our culture. We've made real big mistakes in, in prioritizing our life because we haven't made God a priority in our culture. And I'm going to warn you right now, I'm probably going to step on some toes. I'm just telling you now, get the toes ready. I'm going to step on them a little bit, but I have to. I don't want to do it, but I have to. If we're going to talk about making God a priority, and if I'm going to be honest in this, I'm going to step on some toes. See, it used to be Sundays and Wednesdays were sacred. Because those were the days where we came to church and we studied and we worshiped and we didn't do anything else on those days because God was the priority in our lives. But little by little, day by day, year by year, the world has encroached upon this. And as a consequence, God has become less of a priority in our culture. Work, recreation, kids' sports. They've started taking over these days. They've started taking over these priorities, and we have let it happen. We've seen it happen. Every year, God becomes less a priority, and travel ball, and making the varsity team, they become more of a priority. But that's not the only priorities we've chosen over God. Work has become more of a priority. Leisure time has become more of a priority. 
And it's not just Sundays and Wednesdays that have suffered. Bible studies have suffered. Small groups have suffered. Youth groups have suffered. Devotional, private prayer time. All these things have suffered because we've not made God a priority in our lives. And look, I know life is busy. I know there's a lot going on. I know it's challenging. Look, believe me, this guy you're talking to, I've got four kids. I know there can be so many demands that the world can constantly pull on you. But if you're putting God first, if you're striving to live by faith, you've got to make God a priority in your life. Now, I'm not telling you how you do that. I'm not telling you how that's going to work out in your life in the particulars and the details. That's between you and God. What I am telling you is we've got to put God first. He's got to be a priority in our life. To put God first is also to honor Him with our possessions. And yes, I'm talking about money. That's one of the main ways we can put God first. Scripture tells us to always bring our first fruits to the Lord. That's that first bit that you make. In, uh, in the old days, when, this, when it was written, it was, always, uh, it was an agricultural society. So it was your first bit of your harvest, the firstborn of your flocks, the first fruits of your labor. And there was this, this wonderful celebration where everybody would, whether it was grain or, 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 or wheat or you know, the animals that you slaughtered, whatever it is, you took the very first bit of that and you all came together at these celebrations and you just brought them into the house of God. And it was a way that we honored God. Not only does bringing those first fruits acknowledge God is the one who gave us these things. Even though we worked for him, God's the one that made it happen. He's the one that made it possible. And to bring these gives thanks to God. But it's also one of the highest ways that we can honor God in our life. Is to bring to him the first fruits of our labor. Now today, what we call that in church speak is tithing, but it's the same thing. It's taking your first fruits, that first 10% that God has given you, and you give it back to God. Of course, on a practical side, that's how we support all the work in the ministry of the church and keep the worship going, keep the lights on, keep the heat running most of the time. But to me, what's more important about bringing that tithe is that we get to honor God. It's that He gives us the privilege of honoring Him with what is very, very precious to us in our life. Our money and the fruits of our labor. So these are ways that we honor God. These are ways that we make God a priority. These are ways that we put God first in our life. And there's a lot of other ways I could talk about doing this. We could be here all afternoon going through and detailing all the ways that we need to put God first in our life because He needs to be first in every aspect and every area of our life. He needs to be the one main priority. And we honor Him by doing these things I spoke of, but also honor Him by worshiping. We put Him first when we study. We honor Him when we use prayer and engage in devotions. We put God first when we obey Him. We put God first when we raise our children in the faith. We put God first when we celebrate communion and engage in baptism. 
We put God first when we spread the good news of Jesus Christ. We put God first when we show forgiveness to other people. We put God first when we love each other. These are all ways that with our life we can honor God and we can put Him first in our life. And in all these ways, in all these things, that is how we live out our faith. That is how we make our faith a reality, going from just in our heads and our hearts to these bodies that we live in and these lives that we live in the flesh. It's taking what we believe and then living that out. And taking that very first and most foundational belief, a belief in God, that God is supreme, God is chief, He is the creator, He is the sustainer, He is the redeemer, He is the path to eternal life. And then we live that out. You believe these things about God, and then you live that out. And the way that we live that belief out is to make God a priority in our life. To honor Him. To obey Him. To love Him. To put God first. If you believe God is first in the universe then to live out that belief and that faith then means to, obviously, put Him first in your life. Make Him the main priority in your life. And it's a challenge. I'm not going to lie to you. It's a challenge. It's a tough. It's, it's a sacrifice. We've got the world pulling us in a thousand different directions. We have all these demands, these anxieties, these fears, these responsibilities, these bills to pay, these kids to take places, these worries upon our life, these have-tos that seem to fill up our life with every single hour. And to put God first means making some hard decisions. Living by faith will do that. If you want to put God first in your life, it's going to require that you make some changes in your life. Some of those changes are going to be very, very uncomfortable. Some of those changes might even be painful. But I tell you what you will notice happen. You'll see a lot of the chaos in your life suddenly brought into order. Because now God is ordering your life. And in the same way, you can look down at your life, and if you see lots of chaos, and chaos seems to be reigning and running your life, maybe, maybe that's a sign that it's time to put God first. But however you look at it, if we are going to live by faith, God has to come first. There's no other way of doing this. There's no other way that we can live by faith. God must first come in your thoughts. He must be first in your priorities. Most of all, He must be first in your heart. That's why Jesus commanded us that simple command. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and we could even add, with all your life. And not only is that the most important command, that's the command Jesus says contains all the laws, all the prophets, all the other commands, every requirement that God has upon our life summed up in that phrase, love the Lord your God.
Because loving God first is putting Him first. And when we make it our life, when we make it our faith to honor and to love God, then we are truly living as His beloved children. And we are truly living by faith. To God be all the glory forever and ever. Amen.